Our text for this evening comes from Psalm 23, the fourth verse. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Friends, in Jesus Christ, death casts a long shadow. At least it used to. If you haven't taken a drive in the country lately, I'd suggest that you take one sometime soon. And, and when you do, just take note of the churches that you see. Many of them will be surrounded by cemeteries. That's the way it used to be with many churches. The church was built and the cemetery was right next to the church. And that meant that when you gathered for worship, you gathered not only with the living saints, but you gathered right next to the saints who have gone before us, many of them friends, some of them family members, friends of family members. They were people that you knew, people that you ran into on the street. And whenever you came to worship then, you were confronted by the fact that one day you would join them in that graveyard. Life is not a given. Similarly, there's, a, there's an old highway that runs between Sheboygan and Oostburg. And uh, it runs parallel to the freeway, so not many people travel that road anymore. We used to drive it a lot, and just as you were about to head into Oostburg, there was a sign on the right side of the road that pointed off to the right, and it said, Hartman Cemetery. My grandparents were buried there. Bill and Jenny Hartman. Every time I traveled that road to Oostburg, I felt the shadow of death. But like I said, I don't travel that road anymore. Have you noticed the shadow of death growing thinner these days? Tish Warren recently observed that cemeteries are often no longer near cities at all. She mentions the small town of Colma, California, which is just outside of San Francisco. Many of San Francisco's dead have been buried or even reinterred there. John Branch of the New York Times wrote, Colma exists mostly because the deceased like so many present-day workers in San Francisco, could no longer afford to live in the city. As prices for the urban spaces rise, burial grounds are moved farther and farther out of town. And urban dwellers are left with few palpable reminders of death. Death itself, like cemeteries, becomes a distant and forgotten reality. Now, it's hard to believe that we could forget something like death, isn't it? Especially in the midst of, of a pandemic, right? It's hard to believe that we would actually need someone to place ashes on our foreheads for us to remember that we are dust, that we are mortal. But 
truth be told, it's not so hard to move that thought, to push that thought of death off to the periphery of our minds and to do it with a good, de- good degree of success. A um, number of weeks ago, I was scanning through some radio stations on my way home from church. I think it was a Saturday afternoon, and if you've ever listened to the radio on Saturday afternoons, there's a lot of, a lot of financial kind of shows, financial advice, and the particular person that caught my attention uh, was a woman financial planner, and she was talking to a someone who needed a little advice, some prospective client. And uh, one of the things this financial planner told this person was, when we plan out a retirement portfolio, we plan for you to live 115 years. And she said, this is not uncommon today. I thought, what universe are you living in? So she got a little more practical in the next sentence, and she said, well, for some people, we only plan for you to live to an age of about 105. But she qualified that by saying, but we really want to make sure that those last years, you have the same quality of life as the rest of your life. And it was like she was expecting this person at the age of 105 to still be traveling to the Alps for ski trips. And I thought, what is going on here? I mean, none of us wants to outlive our money, right? I get that. And, of course, none of us wants to reach the age of 100 and not have the funds to go cliff diving off Malta. You see how easy it is to move death to the periphery? Keep pushing it further and further back? Now, I don't know that all financial planners think this way. I expect not. Um, But this particular one was sending a very, very different message than the message that's sent by that cemetery right next to the church. And it's a very different message than the message that we're seeing in the Ukraine right now. And it's also a very different message than the message told by the ashes that we're going to get out in just a few moments Her message, the message of that financial planner was, your days may be numbered, but most of us can't count that high anyway, so no worries. Let us worry about that. The message in the ashes that you will receive tonight is that life is fragile, that we are not in control, that death can come at any moment, And it can come far sooner than we are planning. It's like the psalmist says, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And most of us like to think that that's an isolated incident. That perhaps the psalmist is sick and he's talking about a particular valley of death. But the truth is, he's talking about a sin-broken world in which death overshadows everything and all of us. Now, in a sense, I think that we all know this. We know this in our minds. And yet, especially in a place like Brookfield, it may be easier to deny than in some other places 
in this life. Ed Dobson was a pastor in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which certain parts of Grand Rapids, especially where he was ministering, it's very similar to a place like Brookfield. He wrote a little book of devotions after he was diagnosed with ALS. And he says in his very first devotion that before he was diagnosed with a terminal illness, he understood in some vague sense that his days were numbered. But in reality, he said, I viewed them as unlimited. But after his diagnosis, he says, I began to think differently. I began to see differently. And I began to hear differently. And he said, one of the things... I began to notice was when I gathered together with my African-American pastor friends. He said, I noticed that they all began their prayers in the very same way. They all began their prayers with this line, God, thank you for waking me up this morning. And he said, I, can never, I can't remember my white pastor friends ever praying that phrase. We take waking up for granted, he said. My African-American friends recognize that their only hope for survival each day is God. What Dobson is saying is that in many places in this world, financial planners aren't selling the line that we're going to live to 115. Thank you, God for waking me up today. Trish Warren again noted the very same thing. She wrote, when our bodies are strong, our stomachs full, and we have high-speed internet and craft beer, questions of eternity seem less pressing. Death seems less threatening. And I would add, and easier to deny. Some of us do this. We deny death. We think we are in control. We don't thank God for the day that he's given us, for waking me up this morning. But I would add that there's one other thing that we don't take seriously enough, and that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Death is not the only reality, friends, that you and I need to be more honest about. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. As Christians, we don't need to deny death do we? Because we believe in a resurrected Lord and Savior. We believe in a Savior who has gone before us through death, who has gone through death for us, and who has promised that when we go through death, He will go with us, and He will bring us to the other side. And that makes a difference. It makes a difference. We as Christians hold these two great realities in intention, don't we? The reality of death 
but also the reality of resurrection. Both of these things are true. We will die and we will be raised. And again, that makes a difference. My oldest son is, uh, is house shopping right now, and uh, I got to go through one of those potential homes with him a number of weeks ago. We were down in the basement of this house, and off to the side in the basement was actually a bomb shelter. I'd never been in a bomb shelter before, at least not one in the basement of someone's house. It's not a, the kind of place I would want to spend extended periods of time. But it brought back all sorts of memories for me, memories of the Cold War. Uh, memories of people saying things like, and I was just a kid, but saying things like, the world could end in a flash of light tonight while we're all asleep. You can imagine what that did to a little kid um, when you were about to go to bed. It was terrifying. It was terrifying. And it had the effect of sort of paralyzing me and I think a lot of other people where you just got to the point of thinking, why even bother thinking about the future if it could all end tonight? But friends, as Christians, we hold tightly, we hold tightly to the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Death has been defeated, and therefore it no longer has the power to control us or intimidate us or paralyze us. And so again, as Christians, we hold these two things in tension, the reality of death but also the reality of the resurrection. And both of these things actually have already been experienced by us in our baptisms. We have died with Christ and we have been raised with Christ. We are mortal creatures who will one day be clothed with immortality. This is what it means to be in Christ. And so when you receive the sign of these ashes tonight that are placed on your forehead, remember also the sign and the water of baptism that was placed on your head. The sign of death Mortality and the sign of life. Resurrection with Jesus Christ. We have died with Christ and we have been raised with Christ. We are Christ's. And therefore we live just a little bit differently in this world. Each and every day. We are grateful for the gift of life because we know that it is a gift. And we are confident that death cannot hold sway over us, not ever. Will you bow with me in prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for your gift of resurrection life. Lord, in that resurrection life, may we remember that life is a gift, that the wages of sin is death, and therefore there is no denying that we will die because there is no denying 
our sin. But remind us too that our sins have been carried to the cross and buried by you and that you have given us resurrected life and therefore death cannot hold cannot hold us for you hold us forever and ever this is our prayer tonight in jesus name amen